Let us pray. Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. Let your light shine upon us, for we want to see you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly, day by day. Amen. Do you remember this advert? We have some sound as well. <laughs> Karen, Karen, I've got a cat with no pulse here. I need adrenaline and an IV line. Quick as you can, please. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Some adverts are brilliantly memorable. The phrase should have gone to Specsavers is probably one of the most quoted ad slogans. It was launched uh, about 20 years ago, just over 20 years, 2022, and it's still used today. And a spokesman for Specsavers and other eyewear brands are available said, what started as a quip in a marketing meeting has grown into a cultural phenomenon around the country. And the ad's humor plays on Poor eyesight resulting in difficulty. My grandchildren find it absolutely hilarious that I can't see very much when I take my glasses off. And they also have a good giggle when my reactor lenses change color uh, when the light's shining and they go dark. And uh, I've learned not to wear them in Westminster Abbey because with those special lights, I look like the Methodist Mafia up at the top when my glasses change, so I have to wear the other ones. But they find it very funny. But the truth is, losing sight can impact people greatly. And it isn't a laughing matter. And sometimes not even glasses can help. And the darkness can be terrifying. The story of the man born blind is about a guy who had not only been living in darkness, but he'd also been living in shame. All those days, he couldn't see, and his blindness was conceived by others to be the result of sin. And so shame was projected onto him, even by the disciples and the religious leaders. But Jesus comes into this situation and takes the shame away. Eventually, he takes all our shame upon himself, setting the blind man and us free. And the first thing to note about today's richly symbolic uh, reading is that Jesus heals the man both physically but also spiritually. His sight is gloriously restored, but eventually he sees the truth about Jesus as well. And the irony in the whole passage, if you've seen it in John 9, is that those who can see can't actually see at all. They don't believe the healed man's testimony. Neither do they recognize who Jesus is. John 9, 9 is all about darkness and truth. It's about ignorance and, sorry, darkness and light, ignorance and truth, confusion and illumination, with our Lord declaring people spiritually blind if they don't believe in him. Now, the key character, we're told, was born blind. We don't know anything else about him, not even his name. 
just that he was known in Jerusalem uh, in the community there and was generously supported by uh, the others as he begged. And he didn't go to Jesus for healing, neither did other people take him to Jesus for healing. Rather, he cried out in his situation, and Jesus heard him, saw him, had compassion on him, and restored his sight. And this is the sixth sign in John's Gospel. And the apostle, in his writing, gives us these signs because he longs for us to see who Jesus really is. He longs that the one who was sent by the Father would be received by us. Siloam, by the way, means sent. So the pool of Siloam had significance. And Jesus could have just pronounced the man healed and be done with it. But there's this dramatic action as he spits on the ground. And he mixes it with the mud, uh, with his saliva, uh, and he puts it on the guy's eyes. And then Jesus commands him to go and wash. And it's as the man obediently goes, his sight is wonderfully restored. And then as the story progresses, we see the gradual dawning of faith within the man. And until at the end, he says, Lord, I believe. And he worships Jesus, the light of the world. The trouble is, whenever the light shines, it seems that darkness reacts to it, rather like these intelligent lenses that I have. The light, as it shines, sometimes causes a reaction from the darkness. And in this incident, it was taking part, part as a bitter squabble was taking place. Arguments between Jewish families and within synagogues as well. And the argument was over whether Jesus was who he claimed to be. And as Jesus is uh, proclaiming the kingdom of God, there's a backlash to that light dawning. And there's insistent questioning, there's hostility as well. And it's my experience in Christian ministry Whenever there's a high in the life of the church, when the Spirit is working and the light is shining, there seems to be also a backlash that comes. I've learned to prepare for it. When the kingdom of God is making ground, it seems like the darkness wants to fight back, and we need to be prepared for that. We see this here. Just look at some of the people who are taking part in the story. Even the disciples demonstrate darkness. Right at the beginning of the story, before the healing takes place, we see the darkness of blame. The disciples presume that the man's condition was to do with his sin. Why is he blind then, they say? There must be a reason. Hence the theological debate about sin and its consequences. And the disciples were sincere followers of Jesus, but at times they were blind to what was really going on. Perhaps they should have gone to Specsavers. Like us, their hearts were in the right place, but they don't always get it. And we do need to watch out for the darkness that's within us all, our misplaced thinking. You see, the man's blindness wasn't a punishment from God for sin. That's made very clear. Neither was it his parents' sin. Rather, Jesus said, this is an opportunity for me to reveal to you God's glory. We have to be very careful in the life of the Christian community 
that we don't let other people's unfounded ideas be repeated in such a way that they project shame onto other people. Sometimes uh, we can cripple people in their faith because they feel that they are blamed and shamed rather than loved and drawn into the Christian community. And don't constantly blame yourselves as well. That's another way for the darkness to come in. Jesus has come to forgive us, to heal us, to restore us, to let the light shine within us, whatever's happened in the past. But when that light comes, don't dwell in blame and shame. Allow God to transform it. So we see darkness in the disciples. We also see darkness in the neighbors. When the blind man was healed... The neighbors were incredulous, absolutely incredulous. The darkness of doubt and despair, disbelief rather, was rising. Is this the same beggar? Some said it was, but others said it only looked like him. And they doubted, even though the man says, I am the man. <laughs> I am. Uh, they say it can't be. How is this possible? Where is this Jesus? And the man says, uh, I don't know. What, you don't know? You don't know where he is? And doubt begins to creep in as to what God has actually done. And they spend time arguing about it or, or trying to work out how this miracle could possibly happen. Why does the Lord act as he does? Do you know, sometimes we can get so caught up with our, our analytical approach to what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts, it kind of creates a response that doesn't receive the light, but almost there's a darkness that resists it. Sometimes we need to be more trusting and to see for ourselves what God is doing. The darkness is also there in the Pharisees as well. The crowds and the Pharisees struggle to accept who Jesus is. They have trouble understanding what kind of person he is. So the light is shining, but they're so confident in their own self-righteousness that they don't receive what Jesus is actually saying. And so Jesus is interrogated by the people who can't see and can't understand. And sometimes truth and light can actually become a barrier for us on the Christian journey. The Pharisees, you see, can't get past the fact that Jesus has done the radical thing of healing on a Sabbath. They just can't get past that. You don't do that. He must be a sinner. And yet compassion in this situation trumps the law. And Jesus does the right thing. And all the time, they think they see, they think they understand, but the man says, well, how can a sinner do miracles then? One thing I know, I was blind, and now I can see. We know where John Newton got that line from. And yet, despite this, the Pharisees lack the spiritual insight, and they become divided over the matter, and they actually throw out the one that's been healed out of the synagogue. And so the one for whom faith is dawning within his life is actually thrown out of the believing community. One of the things we need to be really careful of in the life of the church is that we don't set laws and 
procedures and things in place that those who are seeking faith can't access what's going on within our community and are not received on their journey and helped to faith. You might say, well, we would never throw someone out of church. But sometimes by our behavior, we can turn people away. So let's not let also legalism divide us as it did with the Pharisees. Watch out that we're not missing the new thing that God might be doing. So we need to beware of our attitudes, especially when God is blessing other people. Remember that thing, when the light shines, there's almost that reaction like my glasses. The darkness can rise up against the light. We need to receive the light, let it dispel the darkness within us. Then we see darkness also in the parents as well. Now, we don't know much about the man's parents, except that they would have nurtured him from birth, this man that was born blind. They become part of the story. They were certainly part of his life. And on this Mothering Sunday, we thank God for good parents, those who have influenced our lives, those who've been with us through all the trials of our lives. Many of us owe our Christian foundations to our parents, to other people who've cared for us as well. Today, as we come to Mother Church, we thank God for them and for everyone who's had an influence. But even good parents can get it wrong at times. I know, I try to be a good parent, but I get it wrong at times. We all do. And in this story, dad and mum have a mixed response to what's going on. They're proud that he's their son and that he can now see. But also, they are fearful of what's going on in the background. He's also of age. He needs to speak for himself. But part of them asking him to speak for himself was they were worried what the authorities might do to them. They cast their son out of the synagogue. Maybe they didn't want to follow if they'd acknowledged what Jesus had done, that might have been a consequence. So beware sometimes when we try to please people around us. Because the darkness can rise in that way too. can compromise you. You see, the truth is the truth. And we mustn't be worried about what people think if we are holding to the truth. We mustn't be worried about what other people think of us. What matters is what God thinks about us. And I would say to parents today is stand by your children um, and remember that they need to make their own decision. You can't make their decision for them just like the man here. But you can stand up for them. You can encourage them. And with other people that we have a chance to influence, remember how those people might find faith gradually because you've stood by them and you've helped them and you've laid the foundations. Yes, this man has to make his own response. But I think perhaps the parents here should have stood by their son. So do you see what's going on here? We have a story to summarize where a man is blind from birth and he's shamed because of it. Like reactor lenses, the light brought about a dark response 
in many people. And I can imagine, and excuse the pun, but I did think it was funny when I wrote it, Peter might, people might have made a spectacle out of this man's blindness. Made a spectacle out of him. They projected onto him all their darkness, their shame and their blame and everything else. He was almost kind of projecting the evil that they can't cope with upon him. But actually, they should have gone to Specsavers. Well, not really. They needed to see more clearly. And actually, no uh, glass company can help us with spiritual insight. Only Jesus is the one that could give the sight that that man needed. It would take more than glasses to remove his shame, to set him free. The man was right to call out to Jesus. For Jesus is not only a healer, but one who can minister and deal with those things deep within us like shame. He's the one who can give us spiritual sight too. And one of the wonderful things about this story is as the darkness keeps rising, he is on that journey of a gradual dawning to light and faith. Why? Because he'd engaged with Jesus, the light of the world. He'd not worried about those around him. He just followed the one who could help. And I pray that that truth may gradually dawn in our lives until his glory so burns within us that all the darkness that can be within us at times is transformed by his light and we become people who see clearly the kingdom of God and see clearly the difference that Jesus can make, not only to us, but to the world as well. Amen. We're going to 